What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. I'm back. Um, my goodness, it's been absolutely crazy. A couple of weeks. It's been about a month and a bit since I've actually done a podcast. But I tell you what, I feel super excited for, to be back here. And um, I'm thrilled. I really am. It's going to be really, really good this episode. I feel like a lot of people get a lot of uh, information out of an episode like this as well. Um, okay, so let's talk. Let's talk. Um, First of all, I hope everyone's doing well. First of all, thank you for being very, very patient. Um, but there's been a lot of t- uh, things happening in my personal life um, that I wanted to talk about on here today because I feel like the podcast is not only just great for podcasting, <laughs> but it's great for um, giving myself some space and time to think over things and reflect on them through audio and to discuss this. Now, I do apologize if I'm a little bit rusty on the bike here, just making sure that it's all set up properly. I'm outdoors, beautiful, beautiful Friday um, uh, day today, um, nice and warm, sunny, it's excellent, excellent weather. So let's get into it. Darkness is your greatest ally. Now, that sounds corny and cliche to start off with, but let me tell you right now, darkness is your most powerful ally in the most messed up times of your life. Now, the reason why I say this is because darkness lures everybody. Regardless of what type of pain you've been through in the context of your life, suffering, pain, darkness, and guilt allured with everybody wherever they go it's everyone's greatest seeker per se because we've all been through those times and those times that we've had to dig deep to try and keep going we went back to those dark times and thought shit i can make it through if i can make it through that i can make it through here and that's what i thought during these times i've had a lot of things happen um had my toe fractured last Thursday. Um, basically, I dropped a barbell on my my toe. Didn't have enough time to react to it because basically I was getting it from a front rack position down to uh, the starting position of a Romania deadlift. And during that that elbow transition, the barbell dropped, and I didn't have enough time to react to it. It was disappointing, and I was pissed, and I was sad, and I was all kinds of negative emotions. I wasn't happy about it at all. But not only that as well, on top of that, my mum was in hospital, and she was sick. We didn't have a carer coming in, and this messed up with a lot of our scheduling. I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was frustrated. To see mum in this state. And it didn't make me happy. Knowing that she wasn't okay. Everyone in the family was upset at each other. We were angry. We were hurt. Because everyone was stressed out. Everyone was in a position like myself. And I didn't know how to resolve it. At all. So I thought one of the only ways to resolve it. 
because there was so much conversation going on. Now those conversations are private and I won't address on here at, at all. Um, but there was some there was some conversations that made me think about my own life and whether it was time for me to go. And I wasn't depressed per se, but I was thinking some fucked up shit. Very, very messed up things that probably shouldn't be per se here because obviously there may be potential uh, mental health triggers for individuals on here as well that maybe have considered these things as well. Um, but it's not nice. It's not nice. And I'm pretty sure at some point in our lives, we've all had those type of discussions with ourselves, with our own mind. And it tells you how powerful our mind is. Your mind dictates a lot of things in your life. When your mind becomes, when you're, when you're, when your overall headspace gets into a place that it wants to do those things, that's not good. That's where you need to hit the reset button and take a step back, step back and consider other things as well. And in the past, I have never sat down and thinked, I've never thinked why this is occurring. Why is this happening to me? So many events were occurring at the same time post-Christmas. And then the crescendo on top of this all is my auntie passed away. She died. Um, she died of a heart attack um, in the middle of a convenience store over in Canada. Just dropped dead. That's it. Bye-bye. No more. Done. Done. That's it. That's it. No one is. No one was able to say goodbye to her. And this is the thing that teaches you about life. It teaches you that it isn't picture perfect. And it never will be. There are times that people do not get those fairy tale deaths that they want. Where you're, you're, you're trying to fight through cancer. And you know, you create foundations and you create these events and all that shit, right? Fucking cliche movie Hollywood shit, shit, right? People don't get that. People that are terminally ill and are dying of cancer in hospital barely get visitors. And not only did they barely get visitors, no one sent them flowers. Maybe, maybe one person here and there. They don't announce anything on social media because they don't want a pity party over them. And then they die. And then a couple hundred people show up to their funeral. And then you think, what the fuck were these people when he was alive or she was alive? Where were they? Where the fuck were they? They clearly weren't there for him or her. But all of a sudden now they want to start making social media posts saying how much they missed them and loved them. Fuck off. Fuck off. And this is the thing that exposes character when it comes to people when they die. Who are the true fans? Who are the true individuals when the shit hit the fan? Adversity and darkness can always reveal character. Always does. It never not. Because what happens in darkness 
is that when you tell people you're in that mold, motherfuckers will break and they'll piss off or they're able to carry the boats and the logs during this period in time just for you because they know that you'll do the same back when it's their turn. I tell you right now, right here, I'll be back. I'll be fucking back. And not only that as well, all of these events that happen just added a fuel to the fire. I was lazy. I ate a shit ton of food to make sure that I could escape the pain. But that's not right. That's not right. No matter what type of excuse or justification you could fucking give me, that is not right. That is not a way to deal with pain. Not a way. Not a way. Especially when it's been a week. And I've gained a lot of weight during this period. I was at about 83 kilograms before this, and I'm now at about 88 kilos. That's a five kilo increase within a rough span of two to three weeks. That's a huge weight gain. Huge weight gain. There is no justification that you could give me, regardless if you are my friend or my best friend, I would want you to tell me this right to my face, that that is a poor form. It's not a matter about, quote unquote, stopping a little bitch, that I'm going to address later on. But what it is, is calling a spade for a spade and helping your friend out when it is time. That darkness is so powerful that it can get you out of the ground. Because every single time I look at that 18-year-old Aaron Parker that was on the lawn of his, one of his closest mates vomiting and puking up, and that had to be carried in by four people, and it said, I'm not going to live like this anymore. It's not going to happen. And I think about that every single day. Every day. And I'm imaging this right now in my head while I'm talking to you guys on this microphone. And it gives me chills. Because I'm not going to go back there. I'm just not. And I refuse, refuse to go back there as a man. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to make it happen. Because at the end of the day, my will, my hunger, and my smell and thirst for the blood is stronger than it's ever been before. Ever. Even last year, when I was at that super lean state, that shit don't mean a thing. If I can't repeat that and go back to back, that shit's blue moon if you could do it once, but if you could do it multiple times over and stay ultra consistent for years, that is where you build a fucking titan. My flame doesn't die out. It just doesn't. No matter how much you could tell me, no matter how much you could do or say, it won't die out. So just guarantee you, if you're listening to this right now thinking AP is going to be down for the trot for a few months, fuck that. That's not going to happen. And if you think that's going to happen, that's straight laughable. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to make it happen. All right. So basically now we're going to go on to the next topic, which is um, this whole thing 
um, that's been going on on social media recently, particularly on Instagram here in the Perth Fitness community, about a very, very notoriety coach called Perth Strength Coach, right? Now, I've had my issues with him before. Um, when he was training individuals during lockdown, I didn't agree with that at all. I thought that was wrong because what makes him any, any more special or any different than anybody else, right? It's egotistical shit. Now, I get it if a couple individuals were doing it, half of the businesses in Perth were doing it, but they fucking weren't. It was just, it was basically him and maybe a few others, and that was literally it, but the others may, kept it a little bit better under the rug, right? With that being said, that was a respectful disagreement. What occurred on his Instagram was the idea of an individual having relationship issues, right? And it's going to Cash to say, hey, Cash, you know, how can I get past this little plateau or hump uh, emotionally and mentally um, after a relationship, right? And basically, he tells him to uh, stop being a little bitch and level up his game. Now, look, I get this type of message or something like that if you are a 16 to 17 year old, right? And as well, one thing that I could understand and respect as well was this idea of, hey, hey, you know, there's certain times and certain context context of life where you probably have to man the fuck up and just do something. For an example, if you need to train and your mind is telling you, it's okay, it's fine, have a rest day. No, fuck that. If you need to train, you need to fucking train. If today is your back and shoulders day, you need to train back and shoulders. You may feel like crap, but you need to balls up and tell yourself, no, nah, fuck this, we're doing it. We're fucking doing it, right? Or same thing with, let's say, conditioning, right? You're seven weeks out from your first um, bodybuilding appearance, right? On the stage, right? Exciting, but you're fucking gassed, right? Because you're at this point where you're starting to get into that shredded level, right? You're starting to get to that borderline in like nine to eight and a half percent body fat. So you're lean as shit. So the fatigue is going to kick in for sure because you're eating less calories. You're going to be a little bit tired. Sleep gets affected. You may potentially get hit with the immune stuff, like being a little bit sick or having a bit of a cold. But you still need to get shit done. You need to tell your mind, hey, get the fuck over it. You're going to have to do this. And you can rest other days, but today, today's not a rest day. Today's not a rest day. It's not happening today, son. That means you need to get the fuck out there and do something. Those are the things that I would consider certain situations where you need to tell your bot, where you need to tell yourself, harden the fuck up and do it. Or if you have business stuff to do. There's stuff that I don't like to do in regards to invoicing and stuff like that with my own business. But I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Instead of giving yourself a pity party saying, oh, why me, why me, why me? Fuck this, fuck this, fuck that. No, you need to tell yourself, hey, you got to do the work. If you want something, you need to go get it. And it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But it will work. And it will happen at some point. All right? So that's very, very important to figure as well. Um... So with this whole entire thing, I've always I've said it before is that Cash, somebody like Cash would need to address something like this. He needs to address it. Um, whether he's sta- whether he truly believes in what he believes in, which is fine. I I don't agree with it at all, and I think it's dumb as fuck. But 
you're a person of trainer. Now, if this was just some nonchalant individual just kind of walking through the motions of life, I understand it. Somewhat. I would disagree with it still, but you can, he can get away with it a little bit more. But you're a personal trainer. You're a PT, right? A business owner as well, which is pretty big, right? That's that's a big shit. And you have about 11,000 followers on your social media. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That shit gets reached out pretty quickly. And that video, I'm pretty sure, has about 33,000 views. Which is a lot. That's a lot of people. And crazy thing enough as well, this individual does not get much likes at all for his material. So either people are following him and just can't be fucked to press the unfollow button because they truly don't give a fuck about his content. Respectful, no disrespect to him. But if you're only getting about 20 people out of your 11,000 followers of liking, that's pretty bad. Roughly most influencers or individuals should get around roughly about 5 to 10% of their followers liking their shit. If you're if they're not liking your stuff, that's pretty bad. And I've noticed that with a lot of his videos. And it actually leads me to a lot of suspicions about him as a character and as an individual. And I've said this before about Cash, but not a lot of people listened to me about it. They didn't. They kind of fobbed it off and it was like whatever who cares that's just him but that's a shitty excuse as well doesn't mean that's him doesn't mean he can't change and really develop himself as a character and people that say this is me is a stupidly unhealthy habit to put out there it's very unhealthy you are allowed to contradict yourself and change yourself as a person just as anybody else is and a man with that type of ego and yes he does have an ego call a spade for a spade as well once again guys we need to stop calling the bullshit People are a little bit afraid of what to say in certain situations. But sometimes you need to call shit out for calling shit out. Right in front of them. And Cash, if you are listening to this, my name's Aaron Parker. I'm 23. I'm a grown fucking man. Just like you are. Let's talk this out like men. Because you're not addressing this, even if you stand by what you said. That's kind of being a bitch. As you would say in that video. That's being the bitch of this whole entire thing. You can't call anybody else bitches and quote-unquote haters, alright? This isn't fucking haters, bro. This is people that are probably telling you the truth and you don't want to listen to it because you're being tone deaf or you have a big ass ego. No, no, it's not a weather. You probably do have a big ass ego and that's fine. I can get my ego going as well sometimes. Nothing wrong with that, bro. Nothing wrong with that. But when my toe is 100% organ healthy, I would love to come to your gym Get a casual pass and have a talk to you, man. It I'm not going to shout at you and call you a dick and stuff like that, but I'm probably going to say, you probably have a bit of an ego, bro. And I know you'll probably say, oh, I'm just a hater. I'm just a naysayer. I have insecurities or something like that. But once again, that's just a shitty ass cop out. That's a cop out. Not everyone that inherently disagrees with you is a hater. And it's one of the worst things now that this society has created is this notion of haters. Not everyone's a fucking hater. Not every person that di fundamentally disagrees with you is a hater. That's not a hater. We've lost this whole notion of what a hater is. A person that regardless of what you do, you cannot please them. That is probably somebody that just straight up disagrees with you and how you go about stuff. And that's it. 
if they start throwing personal insults at you, that's a hater. That's a hater. And I can understand that. But if somebody's not throwing personal jabs at you, or maybe have said, hey, that's a bit of a dick move, that's not a personal attack. That's probably just telling you, hey, that's a dick move. And I'd hope my mates did the same thing to me if I posted something incorrect or wrong on social media. I would hope to hell they come to me and say, hey, AP, I'd probably recommend you delete this post or this video because, excuse me, blah, 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 blah. And they give me proper rationales and reasonings. I hear them out. I look at both sides of the story and then I'm like, okay, I should probably delete this because you do not know who sees that type of stuff. It could be your workplace. It could be your best friends. It could be your family. And here you are just fobbing it up like it's absolutely nothing. And that, to me, is not right. That's not right. And his actual video itself, and he, he look, he's known for this shit. Like, it's not like this guy has just had a one-off mistake and he's calling it a day. No, this is, this is a pretty common thing with a guy like Cash. Cash has been known for this for quite a bit of time in this industry here in Perth. And you got to remember as well, rumors go around. And truths go around, particularly in an industry like this, where it's already kind of full of drama already. But if you're pulling shit like this off in this industry, at some point, it's going to be exposed. It's going to be exposed. And a guy like this kind of exposed his character already in a video like this. And a guy like this, to be honest with you, would be a good person, would be an interesting person to talk to. Um, because sometimes people pull off acts for social media. Sometimes people pull off this thing saying, oh, how to be a fucking savage in the gym. No one needs to hear that shit. And no one cares, to be honest with you, either. No one needs to hear how ruthless of a human being you are, how, quote-unquote, uh, built different you are. And the final thing that I wanted to address about this whole entire situation as well, which I think is the more fucked up part about it. And I'm going to get into some pretty dark shit here. So if you wanted to pull this shit off right now, that's fine. I don't care. Um, but yeah. So I'll give you a couple seconds. I'm going to pause for a bit and see how you go. Okay, we're back. So, basically, this is a man who promotes the health and well-being for sexual assault and rape towards women. And I applaud him. I'm clapping for him. I'm happy for him. If that's what he wants to do, more power to him. But you cannot call these women queens and stuff like that for helping you promote your business through your social media and then send pretty disgusting emails to another what you would quote as a queen in a gym. That shit ain't right. That's very, very hypocritical. Not only is it very, very hypocritical, it's kind of disgusting. And the email that he actually sent to this woman, or to this lovely this lovely lady, I'm pretty sure she is, is, is kind of disgusting. And you should be embarrassed and ashamed about yourself as a business owner that you're sending emails like this. Me as a business owner, that is one of my most unwritten rules as a business owner, is do not disrespect your customer, regardless if they cancel or not. If they tell you, fuck this, I don't like your business, it's fucking garbage, 
that does not give you the equal right to clap back to them and say, fuck you. You don't say that. You you have to pick the high ground and respect that high ground as well and say, hey, that's all right. I respect that. You have yourself a good one. That's fucking it. You cut it there. You cut it there. But as an individual who promotes the health and well-being of women on the streets of sexual assault and rape, and then to tell people to stop being little bitches, that shit doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make sense. Unless you're just trying to chase a good PR. So you could try and get more mullah and more money into your business. And you got to remember, guys, this shit is business game. Now, he has said that he has had family that's gone through sexual assault and stuff like that. And I 100% respect that. And I get it. But you got to remember, I heard this quotation from somebody on Instagram the other day. And I actually think it's fantastic and bang on. Damaged men damage other men. Now, the whole point of a business is to make sure you're in good eyes. That's the business game. Make sure you're in good eyes. You may bullshit and you may have to bullshit to keep yourself a good PR, particularly as you have a strong social media following. When you have a strong social media following, you have to be very careful with what you say. Very careful. You're not going to please you're not going to please everybody. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> you're not going to be universally beloved. But there will be people out there that are hunting for your head. For every word you say. If you fuck up, people will know about it. And this is the whole thing of how Cash presents himself as an alpha, quote-unquote alpha male. Cash is not an alpha male. He's a very, very insecure, egotistical man. And there's a lot of individuals out there that claim themselves to be alpha males. And I strongly, strongly disagree. A man that goes, oh! and starts to give you the fucking noggins of the head and starts to push you around and stuff like that. It's like, oh, stop being a bitch, bro. That is not an alpha male. An alpha male and an alpha female, in my opinion, is a is a is an individual that can express themselves with tremendous potency. Tremendous potency. They can contradict the, contradict themselves, become a better human by thinking, respecting the darkness with the light. Presenting vulnerability. When you fuck up, you fuck up. And you learn how to be a man about that or a strong female and take responsibility for your mistakes that you are responsible for and not everyone else. Don't point the finger at other people for your mistakes. And this is something I needed to learn. Not only now, but in the last year. There were times I'd get defensive as shit when my parents told me something. But there is a time and place where you need to step up to the plate and be a real man and take the responsibility for what you fucked up on. And every time that I hear this saying, this is just me. No, that's not good. That is not a healthy mindset for anybody, anybody to pull off. You need to grow up, pose up, and quote-unquote stop being a little bitch and take responsibility for what you said. Period. If you don't, it makes you look super bad. Really bad. And then you go block people. Block people. 
fucking blocking people for what you said. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Because then you're restricting, as you would say in your COVID-19 lockdown video a couple of months ago, freedom. People disagreeing with you is a freedom of speech. If people disagree with you, they have absolutely every single right to say that they disagree with you without judgment or being called a hater. A guy like Cash is not a, an example of alpha male. He is not a king by any fucking means at all. I am not a king. But people always tend to forget that alpha males and females come from stuff like hospitals. They come from stuff like individuals pulling off 60 hours of work doing night shifts, making sure that they're a single mom feeding their families every single night. People always tend to forget about that part. That's success to me. It's all contextual. It's all personal. But people like that can, they can fight through life's greatest adversities and still stay out on top. That's a fucking winner in my eyes. That's a straight, straight winner. Straight winner. They may not have the money to show for it, but that's legendary stuff right there. They will never get the accredited acknowledgement for it, but they don't expect that either. That's incredible to me. It gives me chills thinking about it, actually. So guys, stop idolizing these fitness individuals on social media because it's dangerous as shit. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. I'm back with you guys next on the other side. Alright, we're back, we're back. What's going on? Okay, so basically after that whole entire discussion right there, this podcast is going to be a little bit longer than the other ones, which I think is really, really great. I'm very excited for this because this is a comeback episode. We want some we want some pizzazz. We want some big bang with this, alright? Ah, had a good amount of Coke Zero inside my good old... Um, um, with, uh, you know, everything going on and stuff like that, um, so, yeah, it's really, really good, um, to be back on the mic, actually, it feels great, it feels great, it feels really, really good to be productive all over again, and I feel like this episode is just gonna trigger so many more, um, which is just amazing, it's amazing, I'm super happy, I'm so happy I'm back, I really am, it's such an incredible feeling, man, um, so basically, the n- next part of this episode, I wanted to have a little bit more fun, I wanted to talk about um, some movies that I've been watching recently, and I'm very, very keen to get amongst, uh, with discussion, so, basically, I want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, all right, Spider-Man No Way Home was a great, great film, great film, very entertaining, fun, excellent storyline, really sealed up this whole home, uh, trilogy really well for Tom Holland, um, and I will be going into spoilers with this, so what I'm going to do is same thing again, I'm going to give you about 5 to 10 seconds of complete silence, so it just gives you enough chance and opportunity to turn off anything, or just exit this before you go see the film, now if you haven't go see the film, please go see the film before coming back to this, so we can have more discussion in own time, so I'm going to give you 5 to 10 seconds starting now.
Okay, you've been warned. One more time. If you need to turn off because you haven't seen the film, go see the film. All right, so we're going to get into spoiler... Excuse me. We're going to get into spoiler territory right now. Okay, so... Great film. Fantastic film. Top three MCU film for me, for sure. Now, I don't consider any of the MCU movies to be quote-unquote masterpieces, all right? There's no 10 out of 10 MCU films so far yet. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. Um, but this film was very, very interesting in the particular fact that they figured out a way to to, to, to really give satisfying conclusions to all three of these Spider-Mans. You have... Tobey Maguire, which is the one I grew up with, Andrew Garfield, who's the second Spider-Man, and Tom Holland, right? So you have three Spider-Mans from three different universes, okay? Now, I didn't watch much much of Andrew Garfield when growing up. Um, it was Tobey Maguire. It was all Tobey Maguire. You know, as a kid, I used to watch Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and I still consistently watch those three um, Spider-Man films as well quite often because they're just great movies, fantastic movies. Except Spider-Man 3 is okay. It's all right, but it's it's a bit of cheeky fun to come back to, right? I feel like it's still getting a bit more popular with memes and all that stuff coming out and stuff like that about Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3 and the black suit, Peter Parker and everything like that that Tobey Maguire portrayed off. But all three of those Spider-Man characters got satisfying conclusions to them, which I think was fantastic, right? Um, one of my favorite... My favorite Spider-Man in that film, surprisingly, was Andrew Garfield. He killed his role and his opportunities whenever he got them, right? And him talking about Gwen Stacy and how he wasn't able to stay, save Gwen Stacy from falling off fall into a death and stuff like that, I think it's fucking brilliant, I think it was phenomenal, and the emotions that they got, the, the Spider-Man's presented in this film uh, as the third act was fucking brilliant, it was brilliant, I loved it, and William Defoe, fucking hell, what an actor this guy is, what an actor, and this is the thing about William Defoe, he's a universally praised actor by audience, a lot of people love William Defoe, you can see that this guy has a firing passion for acting, it, he's phenomenal man, and even in The Lighthouse, William Defoe was fucking incredible. He seriously is such a great actor. Definitely one of my all-time favorite actors is William Defoe. Because um, him at, in the 70s, man, he's 70 plus. And his, his, his passion and his fire for acting is unparalleled to people that are even younger. Because you've got to remember, these younger people have, people to, have, have stuff to prove in their expertise for their job. So guys like, you know, John David, John, you know, John Washington, right, who's a guy of Tenant, which I thought was a very underrated film, and I actually think it's a great film now, is Tenant. Tenant's fantastic. I love Tenant. Um, you know, Robert Patterson is another guy that I think is going to potentially become a generational talent, um, especially with Batman coming out, The Lighthouse, he was f- fantastic, and in some of the indie films that I've seen with him as well is just phenomenal. He's really, really improving his acting, his acting skills, right? And I did a little bit of drama and stuff like that when I was in high school. It's not an elite top-class level of acting, but we, I had to study drama, and I had to study, um, plays, and theater, and theatrical things, and what they, and, and I did media work as well, and how they did the filming, and stuff like that, and how the actors went about, um, their roles, and like, what type of techniques they would utilize in their roles, right, that's why, like, I'm very nitpicky with actors and actresses, well, th- there's no such thing as an actress now, people apparently call it just actors, so whatever, anyway, um, but like, that's the thing that's the thing is that like what classifies strong acting in my opinion I think charisma 
emotional attachment to the character mythology so method acting i feel like is another thing as well is the investment you could see investment and william defoe really invested himself into the green goblin again and made him almost equally as ruthless as what he was in the first spider-man film with toby Maguire, which is like 20 years apart from each other and he was still able to pull shit like that off that's fucking nuts i don't think people even understand the competitive stamina you need to have to pull shit like that off after 20 years of not doing the green goblin that's impressive um alfred molina he was excellent as well um now i thought a little bit of his angry grandpa acting after he got captured was kind of goofy and a bit silly because that's not dr octopus even in toby Maguire's uh film i thought that was a bit ridiculous um electro jamie fox he was cool i didn't mind jamie fox as electro once again i liked his suit a little bit better Sandman was a bit stupid. I don't see why they needed to put Sandman in there, to be honest with you. It was dumb as fuck. Lizard, same thing. A bit silly. You didn't need to you did not need to add Lizard in there, to be honest with you. However, they needed to add these characters in just for the sake of parody and stuff like that as well. But when I went into that film, I knew that the Green Goblin was going to be King Shit. I knew he was going to be the man of this whole entire thing. Because it's the Green Goblin, for Christ's sake. Like if you thought Dr. Octopus was gonna be the main G of this film, you're smoking. You're smoking. Green Goblin is like the Batman's Joker, right? Spider-Man, Green Goblin, they need to coexist. They can't coexist without the other, right? It's just how it is. That's how Spider-Man and Green Goblin's connection is, right? And it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do with the next trilogy after this. Now, in general, the Spider-Man trilogy is my favorite trilogy in the MCU by a bomb shot. It is not even close. Not even close. The most consistent, the most excellent trilogy and the most coherent trilogy as well out of those three, which is very, very impressive about this trilogy. And I'm super, super happy that they got Tom Holland to do this because I had my skepticisms of Tom Holland in this role after, like just before Civil War. I was skeptical. I was, I was worried. But he didn't disappoint. He did not disappoint. And I was happy that they did a trilogy of Spider-Man in the MCU. And... All three films were excellent, excellent films. Excellent films. Homecoming was a fantastic movie. Far From Home was okay at first. Like, I wasn't too wowed by it initially. But, but, as time came on, I learned to appreciate Far From Home quite a bit, actually. And I actually now think it is a great, great movie. Definitely in my top five as well is Far From Home and Homecoming. They're around my top six to seven. So that's impressive by um, by Far From Home and Homecoming as well. And, of course, No Way Home is probably top three for me in the MCU. Super impressed by this movie. Um, but I'm so excited to see the future of Spider-Man. I feel like we're going to get some stuff from Craven the Hunter, uh, Miles Morales, which I'm super excited to see again. <laughs> I love the Miles Morales character. So to see a second Spider-Verse film coming out is a big fuck yes. I'm excited as hell to see another Miles Morales film coming out from Sony. That is going to be amazing. Speaking of that, I might actually go watch that film again as well because that is a fucking incredible... Inc that's a masterpiece film, in my opinion. That's a 10 out of 10 Spider-Man film. Um, I think it's the best Spider-Man film ever. I think it's better than Spider-Man 2. It'd be... It, for me, it would be... Um, It'd be Into the Spider-Verse, number one, Spider-Man 2, 2. And three, I would probably go No Way Home. That's the three in a row right there. Um, 
No Way Home could potentially at some point in the future beat Spider-Man 2 just because it's, it's an epic conclusion to pretty much three Spider-Man stories and then Andrew Garfield is potentially rumored to get another uh, movie um, slotted in for him which would be really really cool to see um so yeah no it's fantastic so we're going to talk about the future of the mcu now you know kind of like where is it going to go how is it going to develop and all that stuff i feel like the mcu is going to be a very 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 interesting space now because now they've shown to me that they can still make films and great films as well that aren't a little bit politicized for today's you know social political climate right which i think is excellent that's excellent that's what i want now i'm not saying female superheroes cannot be female superheroes wonder woman's fucking brilliant i love wonder woman um princess leia you know blah blah blah, all them stuff right right like i don't mind these characters ahsoka tano as well like female superheroes are fantastic so i'm really and they did a great job with this in hawkeye hawkeye was absolutely phenomenal i was shocked at how brilliant hawkeye was hawkeye was easily my favorite mcu tv show yet they killed hawkeye they killed Hawkeye, and they added a female in there. So I'm super, super impressed with how good the MCU's starting to really pick its shit up after Endgame. It's so impressive. They're going to be better than ever if they keep this going, which is great. So there's characters like Moon Knight coming in, Shang-Chi, um, She-Hulk, Ironheart, uh, The Internals, which I thought was a decent film. It was nothing amazing. Like It was alright. It was alright. And the Internals film was alright. It was decent, right? Um, so, I feel like Moon Knight is going to be like this Batman's... It's going to be the Batman of the MCU, which I think is fantastic. I can't wait for that. Um, there's a lot of interesting characters that are going to be put into play. But I feel like there's going to be characters that were a little bit of side hustle characters for some of these guys to just get like a little bit of audience going in some of these cultures back in the day but now are going to be very prevalent characters so stuff like Shang-Chi uh, Moon Knight um, Doctor Strange these are going to be characters that I feel like are going to be really really hyper focused on in this new era of the MCU as big main characters which would be really really cool what I'm nervous about for sure is how are they going to do the Black Panther because obviously Chadwick Boseman passing away from uh, colon cancer which is a very very sad passing you know very sad um, 43 years old, it, it wasn't a good day for everybody that day, it was very, very sad to hear about Chadwick Boseman, the dude was a tough, tough motherfucker, um, so I feel like they're gonna just get a variant of him in the, um, in the multiverse, that's just kind of how I'm gonna see it, and who's gonna be the actor, I hope it's John David Washington, I feel like John David Washington is the man for this, or they'll just bring back Michael B. Jordan and get Killmonger, um, it's going to be one of those two options, but I feel like the best option, in my opinion, is either to make Shuri Black Panther, which people would say, oh, feminism, oh, social justice warrior, oh, yeah, fucking blah, 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 and all that shit. Nah, 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 it's happened in the comics before, so it's not any type of SJW bullshit or stuff, politically correct climate stuff or whatever that people want to always, always want to claim with every single fucking movie nowadays which is silly, like, I do believe, I do agree that there is some type of, some sort of pandering, um, and a bit of political correctness sometimes here and there, um, and, you know, and stuff like that to what the climate's doing, I get that, sometimes I do understand that and respect that, but as well, at the same time, not every single movie is a PC, uh, you know, you know, feminist, social justice warrior agenda type of thing either, I don't think it's that deep all the time with these movies, so I feel like there's a both side as a coin that I could kind of understand, but something like Shuri being Black Panther is very, very plausible, because it has happened in the MCU, in the Marvel comics as well so whatever um so yeah I feel like that's another thing as well um or they're just gonna get another variant from the multiverse and just 
pop him in and just make him the Black Panther, which I think John David Washington would be a f- absolutely phenomenal um, Black Panther candidate for sure. I feel like he's probably the best one, and I feel like I think there's actually rumors saying that John David Washington is going to be T'Challa in the next um, couple films, which would be amazing. I'd love to see that um, from from the Black Panther and the Black Panther man. Seriously, that's a that's a that's a you can't. People say you can. Re- it's irreplaceable for Chadwick Boseman. I disagree. I disagree. You, you need to replace T'Challa. Um, I feel like, to, I think that's what Chadwick Boseman would have also said as well, is that at some point, just like the Wolverine, he'll probably be replaced. Um, you, you know, Chadwick Boseman will always be remembered for his role as the Black Panther and will be remembered for his role as Jackie Robinson, right, in 42, which was a good film as well. I've seen it before. And even the portrayal that he did of James Brown. In his, order, in his biography film, right? Biopic. So, like, stuff like that will always be with Chadwick Boseman, right? That's something you cannot get rid of with Chadwick Boseman as an actor, right? So, it's not like he's irreplaceable. So, people saying that, don't replace him, don't replace him, that's fucking silly. Don't, 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 be, don't be one of those. That's ridiculous. You need to replace T'Challa at some point. And, um, you know, that time's probably going to be now. And they probably need to probably bring in another T'Challa at some point. That's just how it is. Um... So yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be very, very interesting to see how, um, see how it all kind of pops and rock and rolls and stuff like that. With that, um, you know, it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see the era of the MCU. Even Thor: Love, Love and Thunder is going to be very, very interesting. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is going to be fantastic. I know that's going to be a brilliant film. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going for the MCU at the moment that I really feel like is going heading into the right direction. Uh, as I said, I feel like as long as they don't make it too politicized towards today's social political climate, um, I feel like they're going to be perfectly fine, honestly. And even then, they're still going to get money in. Because you got to remember, Star Wars still made a fuck ton of money, even with Episode Nine, which obviously I did not like at all. I, I thought Episode Nine was a fucking bad film. Um, episode Eight, I thought was okay. Um, I didn't love it, um, but I didn't hate it either, as most people do now, um, episode 7 was excellent, I loved episode 7, but, like, episode 9, I fucking hated it, I fucking hated it, it's seriously one of those films that I just didn't like, it was such a disappointment to Star Wars, man, um, okay, so now we're gonna talk about another film that I saw as well, which was No Time to Die, 007, James Bond, you know how it works, right, um, now, I'm gonna be brutally honest with you, I didn't like this film, I didn't like it, I didn't like it, um, let me start with the positives first. Bond's death was great. I felt like James Bond but dying in the film was fantastic. I thought it was great. It was really, really good to see James Bond dead. Well, no, no, it wasn't good to see him dead, but it was good to see that they actually po- had the balls to pull off such a death. I respect, I commended the, um, the gutsiness behind the, uh, behind the whole thing, right? So props to the director for pulling off this move in the film. I thought it was great. Gave good closure to Daniel Craig's era as well. It was excellent. It was excellent. Um, I thought the the actors in general were good. Good acting. Good acting overall. Beautiful filming. Beautiful filming. There was some excellent filming in the in here as well. Very nice shots. Um, great music as well. Great music. So those are the three positives that I definitely have. Excellent soundtrack. Um, good opening scene as well, which I enjoyed. There were just some good moments of... There, was, there were pockets of excellence in this film, right? Um, but we got to go to the negatives. we got to go to the negatives. Um, Saffin was a bad, bad villain. Like, he was shockingly awful. 
Um, I did not like Saffin at all as a villain. Rami, I feel like Rami's just going to write off his success from Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. No offense to him, but he wasn't good in this film. Um, I couldn't understand a fucking word this guy said with his murmuring as an actor. And there was not much emotion displayed. It was very Mormon-like, very boring, very just... And people would say, oh, that's the point of it. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's just poor acting. Don't justify it. Um, Blofeld's death was piss weak. Um, I thought his death was so poorly, poorly executed. Because you got to remember, man, Blofeld in this Bond timeline is the Thanos for MCU. He's the big bad boy of this entire place. So for him not to be the villain of this film, or the main villain, is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Even if Blofeld somehow through DNA transmission took over Saffin's body and it was actually Blofeld this whole time, that would be absolutely wicked. That'd be cool. It was. It would be a bit over the top, but I'd rather that than, you know, um, than, than Saffin, this fucking no one who said, I'm angry with the world, let's destroy everyone. That's fucking silly. That's some cliche villain shit. In a Bond film, especially with Daniel Craig, you have a better expectation than that. Even Blofeld had a better justification than, than Saffin. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And Bond having a kid, I didn't like it. I thought it was a bad move. I thought it was not a good move. This is James fucking Bond. He's not a dad. He's not a dad. Sorry. Like, there's some things that just need to be kept in formula to films. And James Bond is not meant to be a papi or a father. That's just how it is. Sorry. People say, oh, but... Uh, that's ridiculous. They're just trying to experiment around. Nah, I don't believe that. I think tradition sometimes with movies just needs to stick. And having Bond as a dad, I thought was a bit silly. Uh, it was unnecessary, completely unnecessary. And honestly, I think the kid was just flogged in there just to say, hey, here's a target and here's a thing that you need to make sure keeps you successful for the mission and keeps you going for the mission. So pretty much like a quote-unquote decoy, right? A decoy is what I would say. Um... And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I just thought it wasn't a good idea for Bond to be a dad in the film. I thought it was silly. I thought it was silly. Um, the second half of the film was ridiculous. I just didn't like the second half at all. Um, Saffin's death was boring as fuck. Um, Bond's death was great, but that was really the only good part, as I said, to the whole entire movie. Um, the, the only true great, like, consistency with the film was that Bond or Daniel Craig was excellent. And Daniel Craig was excellent. Like, whenever he had those roles or whenever he had the opportunity, he maximized it as best as he could. Um, it was brilliant. Like, Daniel Craig was sensational in this film. Now, people said he should have won an Oscar. No fucking way. No fucking way. He shouldn't have won an Oscar for that film. Shit. He was fantastic as acting, but not Oscar worthy. No way. Not even close. Not even close. 